Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, Sunshines, and hello, Julie. Hello, Inga. How are you today? I'm fabulous. You're looking snazzy in that pretty pink. Oh, pretty and pink. Yeah. Here, look. It is so soft. Because I'm that embarrassing mother, um, we were at a show not too long ago, and one of our friends, um, like a pretty good friend of ours, her sister, who we're friends with but not as close anyway she had this really cute jacket on and bailey commented on it and i was like oh can i touch it i've got to touch it i was like you. i gotta make it weird i gotta touch it <sighs> yeah anyway what's new ah living the dream aren't we all mm. another day in paradise yeah first thing this morning i had to do was go out to the corral and dig around for a fresh pile of poo for one of our calves oh awesome yeah take it to the vet and just it's make a very sure. glamorous life that we live on the farm <sighs> you know i just Feel beautiful every day. Yeah. Anyway, you got it done though. You found, uh, we found, found the pi- it. The pile of poo and took it in, and they'll run the test. Nice. Just making sure he's got a tummy ache. Oh. Yeah. Bummer. So find out what kind of tummy well, ache. Good that he has an owner like you that's willing to. When they can't speak take for themselves, one for the team and really yeah. do the dirty work. Yeah. That'd be a good dirty jobs episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh, so that's what's new with you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just all the things we do in the day. Yeah. Well, we're having lots of babies on the farm. Yeah. Yep. You guys have been busy. Very, very busy. Oh, my we're gosh. excited. We've uh, got some really good little lambs. Oh, cute. Yeah. Fun, Mamas fun. are all doing well, and babies are doing well. I've got probably a couple of weeks before I start popping out babies, too. Yeah. How many so, do you think you'll have? Too many. Too many. I know we were talking to our friends that have a, that raise cattle and they have a feedlot and I'm like, how many, what? And I think she's like, oh, 100, 140, 160. I don't even know. It was over a hundred by a lot. And Mm. I'm like that, that's a lot. That's a lot of calves to have, but calves are a little more um, hardy than sheep are. Usually. Usually. Yeah. You'll get the few that just think they have to die as soon as they wake up, up, get born. Yeah. Anything though. Anything does that. True story. All right. Well, let us start with a verse. Matthew chapter seven, verses one and two. And it says, don't judge others and God will not judge you. If you judge others, you will be judged the same way you judge them. God will treat you the same way you treat others. And I think you gave this for a specific reason because of the topic that we're going to be discussing today, which you are taking so much joy in. Alyssa, I think, is shaking in her shoes a little bit because... We didn't tell um, her the topic. Yeah, I know. But this one's for her, right? For her specifically because she's... Just to be honest, my relationship with Alyssa is that she's... I'm very cringeworthy to her. (laughs) And she's always on guard a little bit Shocked about what's going to come out of his mouth or out other orifices at, <laughs> on accident. 
Because you would never do anything like that on purpose, ever. She's already covering her head. Oh, just wait, Alyssa. Just but, wait. So this is the deal. I, I, I look as if I'm in my older years, a mature professional woman, but truly I am a nine-year-old boy inside. Yes. You know, what do they say? You, uh, you can be, um, what is it about maturing? I am mature, but yet I will always be not. I don't know what they say. <laughs> I don't know who they are. Flop. That was a flop. <laughs> Basically, I'm an old lady with a sense of humor with of a, a child. Bad sense of humor. <laughs> because farts are funny. <laughs> I was just trying to justify this topic. And yes, yes, farts are funny. <laughs> All so. right. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, talk about some good news stories and then we'll get, I can just tell already that this is going to be. Oh, and I wore pink because uh, I am an experience. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Full of all the bad news. I don't even know what to expect. I have got to have her on video. <laughs> She's already just cringing. All this right. Is, this is going to be an episode that there's like no episode at all because she just cuts it all out. She's like, like, I just, I can't do it. You can't say that. And really, did you say that? <sighs> okay. Yeah, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. So I'm going to talk about my good news. Um, there's a hundred year old man that works, walked around his garden 40,000 times to raise money for charity. Oh, so this gentleman How big is his garden is he? Uh, not very. So it's a lot of laps. <laughs> um, he's a veteran of World War Two has walked hundreds of miles around his garden to raise money for charity every day, rain or shine. Strolling behind his three wheeled walker, Lance Corporal Harold Jones circles his back garden. 30 times a day, no matter the weather, and has been doing so since 2020. Um, he was inspired by another uh, gentleman, uh, hailed the late Captain Tom, who did the same thing and raised a huge amount of money for hospitals. And so um, he is basically walking for what he he picked MDN Association, which is Motor Neuron Disease. Mm -hmm. And it started out where he just said, I'm going to, I'm going to get a thousand dollars donated if I do X. Well, he met that goal and a friend of his doubled it mm. just for the cause. And now he's way up past $43,000. Wow. Yeah. So it's become a daily routine ever since I first started out with my first thousand dollars. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know how people would respond. I reached a grand in a year. Then I, when I reached that, a, a friend doubled it, and he said, it's the walking that keeps me fit. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, it's just so cute that he came up with a way to keep himself fit, but yet also do it for the good of others. That's amazing. I yes. love it. Yes. Well, I stumbled across this really cool website called Inspire More. Oh. And actually, it really is, I think it was born, um, it was before the pandemic, but then it really got big during the pandemic. And mm. it was basically a place for people to go and share inspiring stories. Oh, really? And like, there's a dashboard on there. And oh. they try to um, just, you know, keep it updated all the Write time. Write that with, down, people. Yeah. Inspire, Inspire More. I'm writing it yeah. down. So the story that I picked out of it, and there were like a ton of them, but I just picked one that kind of touched me in the um, sense that basically the importance of human connection and that you don't know like one kind word, one kind gesture yep. can like turn things around for people. Mm -hmm. um, so basically this is, it's just a traffic stop that unexpectedly had this heartwarming turnaround when the driver just, yeah. Anyway, so basically what had happened is there was this, this kid essentially that um, he had pulled over to the side of the road and people, he was 
on the side of the road for quite a length of time, enough so that people were like starting to get worried about what's going on here. Did this like, did they pass out? Did they, is there a medical issue or whatever? So called for help. Mm. And basically the, um, when the police officers arrived, they get out and they go to talk to the driver. And basically the driver just explains to them that he was headed to work. He just had to pull over. He was feeling down. He needed just a minute to take a break. And I think that minute turned into a lot longer time, of course, mm. and where people started to get nervous. But basically um, he's, he was saying he didn't want to hurt himself or anything. He was just upset, had a lot of stressful things going on and feeling overwhelmed. So he had just pulled over. And so basically after the kid had told his story to the officer, the officer just said, is there anything that I can do to help? And mm. the kid basically just said, I could use a hug. Oh. Yeah. So essentially the officer gives him that hug and um, there's another officer there with them. And then they just spend time talking to him. And they're like, the officers were retired military. And so they're sharing stories and um, just kind of trying to get that kid back up on his feet. And it's just amazing to me again, that the power of human connection mm -hmm. and the fact that this kid was able to say, well, other people were able to say, see, something is going on here. We need to, mm. we need to intervene. We need to take action, whatever that looks like, you know, something is not right. And yeah. then for the officers to show up and then for the kid to be able to just truly say like, I just, I could just really use a hug, you know, that's adorable. So it just gives hope to me and oh. that not all of, not all interactions have to be bad, yep. you know, and this to hear these police officers just saw a kid in need and they were able to talk him through it and get him back up on his feet. And they left him with some resources and phone numbers and, you know, call anytime. So now it sounds like the guy is doing really well and, um, he just needed a hug. Cute. So not afraid to ask for it. Cute. Anyway, that's adorable. inspire more. Go check it out. There's yeah. lots of good stories on there. Yeah. What I would like to do someday, which I mean in you, <laughs> um, especially with Valentine's <laughs> coming at some point soon. Um, <clears throat> we, um, I was always thinking that it would be fun to dress like a Hershey Kiss. Yes. And then just be out like Walmart or something yeah. and say, you want a, a hug? Because they call them hugs. Right. The little Hershey The stripey kiss. ones. Yeah. Yeah. And say, do you want a hug? Oh. And then just hug everybody. Oh, see, that would be right up my, that would be in my wheelhouse. Yeah. People would think we were I'm weird. I'm a hugger. Weird. Can you imagine? <sighs> yeah. Like they don't already. <laughs> <laughs> they don't think it, Julie. They know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's yes. get on to this cringy topic. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today is things about bodily functions you might not know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of different bodily functions. And as it pertains to life, um, sometimes as we get older, we have less and less inhibitions. And so... <laughs> Sometimes so said body functions are yours, well. When did your body function inhibitions go out the window? Never had them. Just never had them at all ever. No, no. I've been a nine-year-old boy my whole life. <laughs> I don't even get it. I didn't lose some of mine until I met you. <laughs> and even at that, you can't prove anything. <laughs> I've tried. I have tried to catch you on video. <laughs> All right. So no matter how old you are, there is yeah. a point or you know, uh, at some point or another. You... And everybody has a body. Mm -hmm. So there. And they all do weird stuff. Yeah. Bodies are strange. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to talk about why do we sneeze? Why do we laugh? Dream? Cry? Fought. <laughs> oh, I said no. it. Oh, Alyssa, God. just for you. So 
The National um, Cancer Institute actually defines body functions as the physiological or psychological functions of body systems. Mm-hmm. Body functions are our cells' way of maintaining a state of balance called homeostasis. Mm. Homeostasis ensures that there is never too little or too much of something in the body because even small fluctuations such as higher blood sugar or blood acidity um, than normal, that they can have devastating, even at times, lethal consequences. Mm. So it's all about staying constant, staying as close to the same as possible, and many, if not all, of our body functions are aimed at maintaining homeostasis. I did not know that. Yep. So from dreaming to shivering, we're going to explore what is currently known about some of our most curious bodily functions. Like shivering or sneezing, scientists, um, some functions like shivering or sneezing, scientists mostly understand. Other functions like sleeping and dreaming are more complicated and remain mysterious. But there are several interesting theories behind them. So let's do it, man. Let's explore the body's most peculiar functions. Oh, I love this so much. Uh, Sleeping cleans the brain. Mm -hmm. So have you ever wondered why you sleep? The answer may be that our bodies need to replenish uh, a different uh, kind of uh, steroid or whatever that is, hormone, mm-hmm. a compound made by the brain. The increase in fatigue that tends to <clears throat> occur throughout the day is due to fluctuating adenosine levels at our mm-hmm. peak hours when we feel most awake. They're at their lowest, but as we get closer to the evening hours, that rises sharply corresponding with a feeling of sleepiness. In fact, the reason why a cup of java helps boost energy is it's directly related to the effects of, of that because it's um, blocking the effects of the adenosine. Am I saying that right? Adenosine and making <laughs> you feel more energized. So there you go. Sleep is important, man. Yeah, and look up the words. I mean, <laughs> come on. If you can decipher from the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just... <laughs> Did you know that laughter cements social bonds and relieves stress? Yes. Yep. So it's contagious, right? That's yes. what everybody says. But is it true? <laughs> well, basically, there is a philosopher that thinks that human laughter had has had important evolutionary origins and that he, he felt that it was meant to be shared for, a shared form of relief mm. um, when a perceived danger or threat had finally passed. Laughter also puts the brakes on the body's fight or flight response, boosting levels of trust with others. And um, laughter occurs when people are comfortable with one another, when they feel open and free. Um, and the more the laughter there is, the more bonding that generally occurs within the group. The act of laughing itself increases our intake of oxygen, working the muscles, heart, and lungs, and that is according to the Mayo Clinic. It also increases endorphins, the body's natural feel-good and pain-relieving chemicals. Long-term laughter can boost the immune system, reduce pain, and improve mood, making it easier to deal with life's challenges, and the more reason to share a night of giggles with friends. I believe it. I do, too. Laughing is great. There's nothing like it for me. It can just immediately change. Oh, the whole thing. And like when you get laughing and like you can't stop, why? Why is that? I don't know. In the most inopportune times. Oh, of course. Yes. Always after I, you know, somebody has fallen or something. Yeah. Yes, there's that. The other thing that I believe in a lot is just making yourself smile. Mm-hmm. You know, because like the other day, I woke up and I was just cranky. Yep. I was ticked off. And I was like, wait a minute. Is your whole day going to be like this? And so I smiled and I just immediately felt better. Yeah. And so that's one of those things that, you know, you, you got to work on it mm-hmm. if, if you don't just naturally do that. Even answering the phones, if you are mm-hmm. feeling kind of cranky or just not all about it, mm-hmm. when you change it and make yourself smile when you answer, it's, it 
like just completely turns things around. What did my mom say the other day? I, I, uh, I remember we were texting and she said something and I responded back mm -hmm. and she's like, Oh my gosh, you're just like your dad. Just always the optimist. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Because honestly, isn't that so much better than oh, the opposite? Yes. To be so, Cause you've been around negative people yeah. and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Of course, being around somebody that's always bubbly and happy can probably be that's exhausting. Kind too. of a drag too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Crying releases endorphins. We know that strong emotions can make some people cry, but have you ever wondered why this is? Uh, what is the purpose of crying? Well, it turns out there's more than one reason that we cry. Some tears help maintain eye health, um, keeping the eyeballs lubricated, and the tears to help expel irritants that find their way into the eye. Uh, but the types of tears caused by strong feelings are deemed emotional tears, which communicate to others when we are sad, in pain, or experience some other strong emotion, including joy. It's true. You can't, mm -hmm. I mean, I can't even watch a stupid um, Hallmark commercial <laughs> sometimes without crying. And people are looking at me like, what is your deal, man? Uh, similar to laughter, emotional crying is felt to be a way to connect humans to one another, garnering em empathy and understanding at a time when we feel most vulnerable. Before we learn to speak, we first communicate to our caregivers that something is wrong through crying. Mm -hmm. This method reminds, uh, remains with us even once we've learned to communicate in other ways because it's such a powerful cue. Um, crying is also good for the person crying. We are quite literally releasing pain when we cry, evidenced by the higher composition of stress hormones and natural painkillers contained in emotional tears. That's pretty wow. big. Wow. Huh. Yeah, crying can be healthy, but even too much of a good thing may signal a problem. I feel like crying is extremely healthy. And, you know, there's a lot of people that think they're too, too tough to cry. Mm. They're just bottling that in. And mm -hmm. where does that emotion go? Right. You know, so I'm all about just letting her all hang out. Oh, and I'll man. tell you how I feel, whether you like it or not. You're welcome. I, I need to cry more, I think. Mm. Not, I mean, occasionally, but I'm even the one that you'll tell me about a movie. And I'll be like, is it going to make me cry? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. But because I don't like the headache that comes along later. <laughs> You're putting too much emotion in to I your guess crying. So. Then. Something. Ah, see. Uh, there's a balance. I was going to say, so once you do let them come out, then you just go for it, and then that gives you a headache. Heck so I all in moderation. All in moderation. Don't just hang on sure. to it until it causes a headache. Right. That. Okay, I'll keep that in mind next time. Yeah, there's no mental health. See, I'm your mental health professional right now. Should we talk about this? No. No. Uh, you remember what you feel the most. So according to Psychology Today, emotion serves as a tool to enhance our memories, improving our ability to remember situations that have higher relevance to our survival and well-being. Forming a memory involves first taking in the information, then processing and storing the said information, and then finally retrieving it later on. Emotion acts on all phases of the memory formation process. So emotionally charged events, both positive and negative, are more likely to be stored than neutral events. Stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline enhance our ability to consolidate memories so that we remember situations that are dangerous um, with an added clarity in order to dodge them in the at a future time. So what we feel in our uh, figurative hearts affect what we remember with our minds. Interestingly, our mood, our present mood can even affect what we do or don't recall. There is research showing <laughs> that um, when we might be more joyful, we are more likely to recall positive memories and vice versa. There you go. 
Yep, there's evidence to suggest that the pain reliever acetaminophen or Tylenol may not um, only curb physical pain, but may curb emotional pain as well. Interesting. Yeah. In fact, it may even help to dampen the heightened emotional response in people living with borderline personality disorder. And that is, um, that came from the clinical psychological science. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah. You should now read we're getting this into the one. bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vomiting expels toxins from your body. You're the queen of vomiting. <laughs> what a lovely title to have, <laughs> dude. When I, when, growing up, I would be sick. I I could never throw up. I would mm. just hang on to it, and I would be <sighs> so sick and so miserable. <sighs> and if I had a headache or if I whatever reason I needed to throw up, car sick, mm-hmm. I just hated it so bad. Right. So I would try so hard not to. There isn't to. anything worse than barfing. Oh, it's the worst. So then, when I got a little older and my gallbladder went on the fritz, every time I ate, I threw up. Oh, like every single time, and I just knew it by the time like. Then there's this interim period of time when you're like, you don't know that it's your gallbladder. Then they figure out that it's your gallbladder. Then you have to get scheduled for surgery. So there's this period of time. And it was every single time I ate. My gosh. Well, now, if I start to get sick and my I'm like, because headaches will do it to me really bad too. I'll get nauseous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I cannot hang on to this anymore. As mm-hmm. bad as vomiting is, I don't want to, I can do that, get it over with, experience it, hate it but move on with my life or I can try not to vomit for hours on end. So I I've just had to come to peace with that. So are and, you then prolong prolonging the, that eventually you're going to have to barf. So I'm you might as well just get anyway, it out of your so system I just have now. To get it out, just do it, get it over with, yeah. move on because then, then I'll just come out of the bathroom. I'll be like, all right, What's for lunch? Like it just, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't, do. I don't know what I have happened, watched but you do that a lot. Where it's you're, strange. You're weird though because <laughs> how many times in this of the hundred plus uh, different podcasts have I said you're weird though? But, Every time, but but you you bottle up different emotions. Yes, it is it's stress. Yep. or you have a really big project that's coming up, mm-hmm. you internalize mm-hmm. and that screws with you and you vomit it out. I mean, you yeah. literally physically yes. vomit out your stress stress for the project. Yeah. I've, it's it's, it's wild. <laughs> Alyssa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, but, but I'm never thrilled about it and few are feel <laughs> thrilled about the prospect of vomiting. Yeah. It does insert serve an important purpose. So according to the Cleveland Clinic, vomiting um, is an unconscious reflex managed by the brain in response to ingested toxins. So the immune system and nervous system work in concert to trigger this reflex once they detect the presence of pathogens such as bacteria or virus or other potentially harmful substances. um, And then other conditions such as pregnancy or vertigo, those types of things can trigger vomiting as well. Simply put, vomiting is often the body's way of getting something harmful out of our system, but too much of it can lead to dehydration and may signal serious illness. So you need to talk to your doctor about it if you're vomiting a lot. Um, And basically, while this is going on, Cleveland Clinic does suggest that you pause on eating like after. (laughs) See, this doesn't work for me because I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. I've got this project. I'm stressing out. I throw up. Then I'm like, all right, let's order some Jimmy John's. (laughs) What's going to fix this for me? But anyway. But don't you want to have something in there to throw up? Because that's what's worse is the dry heaves. 
Yeah, that's not great either. No. No. Mm -mm. They do say you can focus on clear liquids, you know, things, ginger ale, water-based broth, things like that. But um, it also says to avoid uh, caffeinated and sugary beverages, which I do not follow that advice. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Anyway. Good to know. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that vomiting is just expelling the toxins, but yeah. it's whatever stress does to me internally mm-hmm. that my body's like, all right, mm-hmm. get it out, get it out right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's in, uh, that's your, your body's way of yeah. dealing. Uh, smiling makes you happier. We already talked about that, but what you don't realize it re- releases serotonin and small mo- molecules known as neuropeptides that help reduce stress. Mm-hmm. And so that actually, um, signals to the body that uh, you're recovering from stress and entering a state of relaxation. So reduced heart rate is also a marker of cardiovascular health. So smiling could literally benefit your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, even more incredibly, there is evidence showing that even faking a smile or smiling, even if you don't feel happy, can improve your mood like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had very often had people say, what, what is your deal? Why are you always smiling? It's like, and my response is, well, I'd rather smile than cry. Yeah. So that's my deal. I generally just walk around with a big, stupid smile on my face, (laughs) looking at every stranger that I can find. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Especially, isn't it a challenge when you see somebody that's all cranky? Oh yeah. And you're like. I'm going to make them. You don't want to smile today. Yeah. I'm going to, you are my mission. I'm going to make you smile. I'm going to make you smile. Well, it's like when I was at the um, postal annex or UPS store, one of those. And I swear to goodness, this guy came in and he looked like he was straight out of men in black. He had this super, and it wasn't a tuxedo, but it was a pretty fancy suit. And he was so serious. Like he looked like, I don't even know. And the me and me, I was like, wow, you look really serious. And it just broke it. And he smiled and it's like, <laughs> Is everything okay? Like, it looks like something pretty big's going on here. And yeah. Awesome. That's like my challenge in yeah, life. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. Oftentimes, I don't think people even realize that yeah. they're. Oh, no. They, what do they call that? RBF. Yes. <laughs> R- resting face. Yeah. 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 I do not have that. <laughs> I don't know what I have, but it ain't that. <laughs> um, did you know that fevers help fight infection? So basically we don't like to have a fever, right? No. But the reason why your body cranks up the heat um, when you are sick is that it's it's an effort to try to kill the virus or bacteria that's causing the infection. So basically most viruses and pathogens thrive at our normal body temperature of 98.6. Um, that elevated body temperature can kill off those dangerous pathogens. So, And it, the fever also communicates to your immune system that something um, has invaded. Mm. So that also mobilizes your white blood cells into action. Um, a low-grade fever, which is considered lower than 102. For that, the Mayo Clinic recommends that you get rest, stay hydrated, keep yourself cool, as long as you're not shivering. Mm-hmm. Um, over-the-counter fever reducers might be recommended by your doctor and just kind of follow the instructions on the label. But if you have a fever that's 103 uh, degrees Fahrenheit or above, you need to talk to a healthcare provider. And it is important to seek emergency medical care right away if you have a high temperature, especially if it's combined with other symptoms like rash, confusion, vomiting, um, basically, because that might, you might have something more serious and, and or you might end up with more serious complications. So bottom line here, people, when all of <laughs> your bodily functions are not functioning, you, something's going on. Yeah. Something your is Your body's like trying to tell you something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sneezing expels in, inhaled contaminants. Ever wondered why you sneeze? Um, it's 
happens when a foreign particle such as smoke, mold, dander, or a pathogen enters the nose and stimulates a response from the hairs and sensitive skin within. This triggers an electrical signal to be sent to the brain, preparing your body to sneeze. The sneeze itself then expels water, mucus, air, and hopefully the irritant from your nose. And sneezes have force behind them, which is why you should never try to hold a sneeze back. Occasionally a snot rocket. Oh, yeah. Mucus droplets are propelled out of the nose at the speed of about 100 miles an hour. Enough to rupture an eardrum if held in. And and now here's a fun fact. Some people who sneeze in response to sunlight due to a genetic mutation. (laughs) This reflects the... uh, Photo sneeze reflex or PSR occurs in about 18 to 35% of people. People with it often find themselves sneezing while entering direct sunlight after being in an environment with low lighting. Pepper is what gets me. Oh, golly. So you, so they're saying that we must have inhaled something. And the nose is like, get out. Yeah. Get out. That's yeah. not supposed to be there. So something I also heard about, let's say we do it here in the office. You'll sneeze. I'll say, God bless you. <clears throat> um. Or tight. Yes. But so now I got to remember what the whole point of that was. But <laughs> sometimes you, you just say bless you, but you're supposed to say God bless you. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but it's important to do that. It, it is. I got to look always it up important now. to I have mean, I thought blessing. I had something stunning to say and it just didn't. <laughs> didn't. <laughs> don't you hate when that happens? I evidently have sneezed too much and held <laughs> it in. Brains and right held it in. <laughs> Um, compressed nerves make your foot sleepy, right? Oh, so they do. we all know that's familiar, like the pins and needles feeling, which is the worst. Yeah. And that's when you've sat in long, one place for too long or in a weird position. And you're, we often call it like your foot fell asleep, yep. right? Yeah. Um, the occasional minor nuisance is perfectly normal in most cases. And it's actually a result of nerve compression. Mm. When the foot nerve is irritated or compressed, the connection between the brain and the nerves is temporarily cut off. Brains are really, really weird. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. fortunately, the connection between the nerves and brain is quickly restored once you change that position. So if you notice that your foot is falling asleep frequently, particularly if it happens at other times than those mentioned, you should talk to your doctor, though. It could be something else. There mm-hmm. there can be other conditions to lead to it, um, like diabetes, multiple sclerosis, and some other types of cancer. Right. But anyway, there are multiple ways to wake up your feet, such as simply getting up and walking around, changing position changing positions um or doing an ankle roll where you flex the affected ankle forward and back and i think it's like that with everything like Uh all kinds of different areas can fall asleep so usually i just try to stretch it out shake it out a little bit i was at a home visit one time and we were actually at the hospital so we're in one of the hospital waiting rooms and they had these funky little chairs i thought oh it's so cute so i sat in it and i sat there for too long because then i went to stand up and i knew that if i moved i was freaking gonna fall in front of this whole family so i'm standing there Trying to be cool, also <laughs> trying to figure out how to delay my escape because I was like, this is going to be bad. <laughs> but I was just, I had such a hitch in my get along and it was so badly asleep and I didn't want to tell anybody. And I know that they were like, you can leave now. No, really. Go, I can't. I, go. I quite and, literally and so I'd, I'd move and I'd go, nope, not, not good not yet. yet. So I'd still, then I'd come up with something just. Random. And they're like, what is wrong with yeah, this lady? You, I, we know you like us, but leave. Please leave already. And I was stuck. Just it was, it was, and die. I remember it because it was one of those times that it just literally was forever before I felt like I could just walk away without dragging my leg behind. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was the most asleep my leg ever was asleep. 
<laughs> Talk to me about shivering. Oh, shivering. On coldy days spent outside in the... On coldy days? On chilly days spent outside in the cold, you quickly start to shiver. Your muscles contract and your teeth chatter. But why? It turns out that shivering is the body's way of warming itself. Since we need to maintain a temperature at or close to 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit to stay healthy and prevent hypothermia, our brain tracks our body heat levels to ensure that we stay warm under these cold conditions. So there's a hypothalamus is a small structure located deep within the brain that monitors many bodily functions, such as hunger, thirst, sleep, and body temperature, ensuring they remain in balance. So basically when the hypothalamus says, uh, uh, Hey, hey, you. Um, it's getting a little cold in here. Yep, yep. They start shivering, and that mm-hmm. sends your body into getting back up to its mm-hmm. core. So, anyway, next. Brains are amazing. Brains. Yes. How does it know everything that it's supposed to know yeah. and do? It's, and it's, it's just, it's just, the, its whole purpose is just trying to keep us alive. Yeah. And it, it has to work overtime for a lot of us. <laughs> I told you not to do that. It's going to hurt. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Warning. But no, you had to touch it. Yeah. So did you know that earwax is actually there to keep your ears clean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try not to think about earwax too often, but um, it does serve that important role for our health. <laughs> I'm not even going to pronounce what it's actually called. Chicken. <laughs> Ceramin. It has important micro or antimicrobial properties, helping to prevent infections and also acting to lubricate the ear. So it traps dirt, dust, bugs. Oh, God. (laughs) Have you ever had a bug in your ear? Have you ever had it? Oh, it's the worst. Ugh. That is the worst. Uh, no, thank you. Anyway, um, I was always afraid of ear. um, What is those little earwigs? Haven't you ever heard of an earwig gets in your brain and like eat your brain and your. (laughs) It's very rational, but earwigs, earwigs are, the are worst. creepy. Yes, they're so, and then gross. they go in your ears. I know. How many spiders do we eat? Do we swallow in our sleep? I there there was a study. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. <sighs> anyway, but it, you do need to know that too much earwax can lead to issues such as tinnitus, and that is the ringing in your ears, mm-hmm. um, even hearing loss. But basically. <laughs> You know how I thought the whole purpose of a Q-tip was for earwax. Turns out that's not the that's know, not right? true. None right? of us use the Q-tips right, right? Because you're not supposed to like shove it in there and pack the earwax in further. Like, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, Kevin always says nothing, nothing smaller than your elbow should go in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, thank you. Have you ever? Do you remember those wax, um, like the things that you'd light on fire, mm-hmm. the cones that you'd put in and mm-hmm. light it on fire and pull the earwax out? Yeah, those things are trippy. Ugh. I did that once and. I don't know how, considering who was helping me with this project, I'm like, how did I not get lit on fire? It wasn't me, for the no, record. it wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't you. But anyway, earwax is there for a purpose. So, But but too much is not a good thing. Yeah. And the ear is self-cleaning. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. But you know what drives me crazy? I have a thing. I have a pattern in the mornings. I take a shower. I mm-hmm. dry off. I do my things. I grab a Q-tip because if I feel like I've got any moisture in my ears, yes. it's going to drive me crazy all day. Yes. Same. Hate it. I know. But probably what I'm doing is I'm just packing that moisture right. back down and further into my pea brain. You just have to be gentle about it. So clean oh. your ears, not how you brush your hair. Be a little <laughs> less aggressive. Yes. 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 <sighs> okay. Now oh, we're no. going to talk about... 
poop. Oh no. Poop. Just say it. It's fun. Poop. Poo. All right, you poo, take poo, it away, poo. Drew. I feel like you're okay. an expert on this. Everyone poops. Yep. Everyone also pees and farts. <laughs> I had to get that out of my system. <laughs> okay. So anyway, what we're going to talk, these are things that you need to know about poo. So while um, basically poop is usually left to potty training jokes and, and um, stinky punchlines. Let me tell you this one time. It was funny. When I was working in the ER, there was a gal, an older woman, and she was very sick. She had an impaction. Oh. And the nurse that had that side of the rooms was doing everything in his power to get somebody else to go because the way that this was going to only happen was a digital cleansing type thing oh. because it was so long since she had pooped. So she was plugged big. So anyway, couldn't help myself. Every time I'd go, he'd walk by, I'd go, Ooh, somebody, something stinks. Well, you have a shitty attitude and just all night long poop jokes. It was so funny. <laughs> he'd he, had enough of, he did not the think the it day. was funny at all. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he 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 was so mad because he had to deal with poo. But anyway, that I digress. It's I digress. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. Okay, so anyway, so what we're gonna say is no matter what you call it, a bowel movement, poop, stool, feces, crap, dung, number two. <laughs> <laughs> it's natural part of the digestion. And after we eat, the body fuels itself using the body's protein, carbs, fats, vitamins, minerals, and other micronutrients. What's left behind is the bacteria, salts, undigested food residue, water, and some substances that the small intestine is unable to digest. Bottom line is what goes in must come out. So color of poo is very, very important. Um, so, you know, it's, this is funny because they say that, that emoji <laughs> on your phone, it's actually about the right color of a healthy poo. Who knew? But, um, there are some that <laughs> yellowish green fluid, that means that the digestive tract has problems. Um, uh, right red is a big, bad red warning. In all seriousness, I, I am sitting over here cringing, but, um. But these are good things to know. They really are. So a dark red stool may, may mean that you're bleeding up higher in your intestines. It's another way that your body's telling you there's a problem. Uh, a clayish colored uh, means that there's a lack of bile in the stool. Yellow and greasy. See, who knew? Um, it comes from excessive fat in the stool meaning that there's malabsorption going mm. on. And black means that way, way high up, you've got some kind of bleeding going on. So big problems there. Um, actually. Oh, no. Yeah, this is funny. So uh, my nephew graduated from high school. And, of course, being who I am, I sent him the family size of every Captain Crunch there was. <laughs> and being a typical teenage boy, he um, literally sat there and ate all the boxes almost all at once because he loved Captain Crunch. Well, <laughs> the next day you can only imagine <laughs> the results oh, no. of said coloring in my sister sent me a text that was right, very hilarious, describing said. Oh my god! Situation. Can I quit the podcast? <laughs> you cannot. We're just getting to the good stuff. Oh so anyway, god. do not panic if something comes out and it's a really pretty color. Consider what you may have eaten the night before. See, righto. So it's not always bad. No, it could no, just it, be the captain. It could Crunch. be quite pretty, actually. So anyway, uh, <laughs> oh. Men and women poop differently. What? 
So everybody's different. And while you may sit on the toilet once a day, and people go several times a, a day. Um, on the whole, most women go less than men because women's colons are in the body a bit lower mm. and they're a bit longer than men's. That's hilarious. While men's abdominal walls are stiffer, helping food get through the digestive tract more efficiently. Huh. Who, who knew? Yeah, well... Now we do. Um, the most important note is what's typical for you. And then the next thing, it says size does matter, and so does shape. I am just getting so much joy out of this. It's just wrong. So something you may not know. We actually have a diagnostic chart that helps us assess the health of your stool. And I actually have it here. Oh, God. Oh, no. Little pebbles, you are constipated. Oh, God. Then the sausage. Sausage shape, but lumpy. Oh, no. Um, like a sausage, but with cracks on the surface. And then like a sausage or a snake, smooth and soft. Those are the four stages of poo. Somebody has really taken a lot of time to dissect Whose this. Whose job is this? Oh, a gastroenterologist. To put this together. I don't know, but it was our job to share. I guess. This very cool. Keep going. You're the expert. Stool form. Okay. So anyway, then we will talk about... Um, Going to the bathroom, urine. Mm. So number one is uh, what- <laughs> For col- those of you that don't know, <laughs> we just wrapped up our number two segment the, uh, and we're going back to number one. <laughs> Who would have thought we should have started number one and then go to number two, but not in this case. Uh, so what color is your uh, urine? It actually talks a lot about the state of your health. <laughs> I can just imagine because a lot of times Ty is- present when Alyssa is working on editing these yeah. podcasts oh my god well I told <laughs> the I, only one that's going to be more cringed out about it than me it's like me Alyssa then Ty yeah or Ty first then Alyssa then yes. me. I don't know yes and I actually had told uh Miss Alyssa I had said this one's just for you <laughs> so I'm taking so oh. much pleasure in it okay so anyway um it's probably safe to assume that urine is not a hot topic at your usual cocktail parties. Um, I'd hope not. Uh, but it is important that when it comes to assessing your health and well-being. Because actually, urine as a primary diagnostic tool is often calling it a window to the body. So it is important. So basically, urine is getting your body's liquid waste out, right? Uh, the normal color is pale yellow to amber. And many things alter that color, such as food, medications, vitamins. I got to tell you, I took a, vet, a, a medicine a couple weeks ago, and I was bright orange. And at first, I'd forgotten that I took the medicine. <laughs> like, and so, oh so this is terribly wrong. wrong. <laughs> and then I was like, wow. That's incredible. I was just thinking, what does it, my internal What actually look like? happens inside of your yeah, body? Yeah, it's that, my that. whole, from here, where I took it, took the pill, down to there. Am I bright orange inside? <laughs> inside? Because everything else was bright orange. I was impressed. <laughs> I bet you were. I was so impressed. <laughs> anyway, it helped what ailed me. So let's just put it that way. Okay. Okay. So um, various shades are can range from clear to black. So the clearer it is, the, the, the better, really, truly, because you're drinking enough, you're hydrated enough, and, um, but then as it gets thickier and cloudier and all the gross stuff, you've got issues. So you better get checked. Um, we're not going to really talk about the colors because they do talk about blue or green. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, because it t- dyes in heavily processed foods or medications. Mm. When to see your doctor. Um, when you see 
visible blood or something is not quite right. Just get in and get it checked. So um, then there's this thing, and we won't talk about it because that one's the grossest. Out of all of the things that we're talking about, poo, pee, all of the things, there was a topic in here about don't pop your pimples. Oh. And to me, that's disgusting. I think there's a show called Dr. Pimple Popper. I can't watch that. I know. But Alyssa's all in. Oh, are you? No poop, no vomit, but she's all in for uh, a, Dr. Pimple a, Popper. Good Papa oh, the pimple. God, have you ever had an animal on the farm that gets like a cyst or something yes. or an abscess? Yes. Oh, it's so bad. You love that? Oh, I had to do oh. that just about a month ago. We had a, a cow that must have gotten um, some hay I'm just stuck like in her foot, in her foot, in her mouth, and she had an abscess. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take my scalpel and poke it. Yep. And then just jump back and let it just. And it <sighs> just oozed. And then I tried to you know, squeeze it to make sure we got it all out before I did my hydrogen peroxide and all of the things. Um, it healed up beautifully, but it just was, the pressure in there is what's impressive. Man, you ain't seen nothing until you've got See a, that. Boom. Yeah. And the smell. Oh my God. Ew. Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. I can't with that. No, thank so you. So they talk about the, uh, Acne, whitehead, blackhead, papule, pustule, nodules, and cysts. Wash your hands if you're going to do anything. Time it right. Prep the area. My God, is this a surgery? Uh, <laughs> apply a hot compress. A little dab will do you. Because they're talking about different products that will help unplug the core and dry out the pimple. Go to it, but gently. Never use a needle. I've got one right now. It's going to take a crane. Have you ever had the use those pimple patches? No. I'll bring one to you. I'm thinking this isn't a pimple. I think it's like a cyst under the skin because nothing. So are we just waiting for your face to explode? Yeah. And then she'll love it because we'll take a scalpel and just poke it. Hold you down. Squeeze it out. And then I'll feel better. Dump some hydrogen peroxide on. Call it good. It says try once then terminate the mission. Here I was going to say we're not talking about these but I went right into it. Mm. They say, take care of yourself. Wash your <laughs> face twice a day with gentle cleanser. Take care of yourself. Oh, Lord. Okay, how about sweating all of the time? Ooh. Nothing worse than pit stains. Yesterday? <laughs> Just yesterday. I know. I had to go all day long without deodorant. And I had to walk around like this because I felt like I was smelly, stinky, nasty, disgusting. I am a big fan of deodorant. Yes, I. it's just a thing. And it was very hard in my morning routine not to grab my deodorant, but I couldn't use any lotions or perfumes or anything. So I couldn't even mask my own BO. Oh, that's disgusting. It was. So and then, disgusting. since you're all wondering why, why in the world, Julie, did you not have to wear deodorant or lotions or perfume? It's because I got my boobs smashed. It was time for the old mammogram. This show has taken a turn. My day. My day was so hard yesterday. It really was. Yes. Did you know that we sweat for a reason, though? Well, I was sweating be bullets because I knew be I was getting smashed in at 4 o'clock. Yeah, you were. It was a bad day to not have deodorant because you were sweating all day anyway. I should have done that first thing That's in the morning. That's what I was going to say. Ne- note to self, make that mammogram yeah, for 8 in the morning. Yeah, but then you got to go all day limping around because... Yeah, I don't understand. Everything's tender. I'm not sure what's going on. But <laughs> anyway, sweat actually helps to regulate our body temperature. <laughs> um, but 
there is such thing as too much. So if Ew. you have excess sweating, then there may be an underlying medical cause. So uh-huh. you might need to have that checked into. Hydro. What do they call it? Hydro. Um, hyperhidrosis? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Some people really sweat. My mother does not sweat. Ever? No. And actually, in summertime, that's really dangerous. Yes. Because that's how your body's helping maintain your inner core. Yeah. Heat. It helps. Yeah. So It's like the thermostat. Yeah. Yes. That's that's huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, why are you so gassy? <laughs> just, I've been trying to figure that out for my whole life. <laughs> oh, if you're wondering, that's our next topic. Um, for most people, letting one rip in the middle of the grocery store or office simply. <laughs> most people aren't Julie. <laughs> isn't an option. so this is a thing if you hold one in it goes up your spine into your brain and that's where all of the bad ideas come from so just let her rip and you'll feel better and have great ideas all day long i did not even know that girls farted until i missed oh uh, until i met you oh whatever miss prude (sighs) you can't prove anything julie (laughs) you've tried it can't be done i know so, did you know that bodily gas is actually made up of several types of gas? I didn't. It is a thing. From methane to nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon dioxide. There's a lot more that goes into a fart. <laughs> Here goes my nine-year-old boy again. Uh, then you might realize. Not that it makes it any less embarrassing. Oops. Yeah, you've never been embarrassed Are you by supposed fart? to be embarrassed? <laughs> It's only natural. Uh, and if gases making your life uncomfortable, then you won't want to miss uh, these tips and um, advice. Okay. There are about 20 burps or farts every day, which is a typical person. And so how can we decrease gas in our body? Chew with your mouth closed and eat slowly. This will minimize the amount of air you take in while eating. Okay. Cut back on foods that cause you the most discomfort. Broccoli. I, we know not to serve you broccoli ever. Don't even, I can't even look at broccoli. I, I get know. gas. No. I, I'm telling you, it's a thing. <laughs> Culprits include different types of beans, fruits, veggies, dairy products, and certain sugars or artificial sweeteners. Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Try to cut back on gum chewing, smoking, gulping foods, and liquids, and carbonated drinks. Oops. Oh, because they already come. They're already gassed, gassed up. up. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. There are things that you can do. Like gas X, I've never tried it. <laughs> so it says if you feel that you can't hand, get a handle on your gassiness, even after making the changes, mm. could be a sign of a digestive disorder. But what about how the other people feel about you getting a handle on your gassiness? Oh, am I supposed <laughs> to worry about that? I guess not. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> <laughs> we need an intervention. Anyway. anyway. Oh, the joy of talking about all of the things that are cringeworthy. I love that. I know you do. I take so much pleasure in pulling that podcast together. I know. It has brought you great joy. literally got to uh, talk about all of the topics that are hilarious to me. Yeah. Weird, I know. Now, (laughs) I'm sorry if you made it all. We should have put a disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast. But I mean, probably, there will probably a few people. There ain't one of you people that ain't farted. (laughs) Well, that's true. Yeah, I I have a bad joke. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) There's more. So, well, remember when we all had the COVID and everybody freaked out 
you know, when, when you sneezed mm-hmm. and so oh, now, when, now when you're in church, it's, it's, you should, it's easier to get away with a fart than a sneeze. Cause everybody's like, right. oh it's God. more socially acceptable to let her rip <laughs> than sneeze. Cause everybody thinks you got the vid man. Yeah. So true story. Ridiculous. Do you have uh, any parting wise words for us? I do. So a pastor asked an old farmer decked out in bib overalls to say grace for the morning breakfast. Lord, I hate buttermilk, the farmer began. The visiting pastor opened one eye to glance at the farmer and wondered where this was going. The farmer loudly proclaimed, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was growing concerned. Without missing a beat, the farmer continued, and Lord, you know, I don't much care for raw white flour. The pastor once again opened an eye to glance around the room and saw that he wasn't the only one to feel uncomfortable. Then the farmer added, but Lord, when you mix them all together and bake them, I do love warm, fresh biscuits. So Lord, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard, when we don't understand what you're saying to us, help us to just relax and wait until you're done mixing. It'll probably be better than even biscuits. Mm. Amen. (laughs) True story. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Well, if we haven't completely grossed you out or uh, we didn't try hard enough then. that this is not the podcast for you, uh, please go and subscribe. You can do that at uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Pod, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And go like our like and share our Facebook, Paga Care and Share group. Yep. And send us your, uh, please, I don't know, send us topic ideas so you don't get stuck with bodily functions. Um, you can email those to julie at apagahomecare.com or inga at apagahomecare.com. Yes. And, and on the topic of topics, mm-hmm. um, there's only one topic my mother said we couldn't talk about. So everything else is fair game. You can just guess what Cheryl said we couldn't talk oh, about. What did she, what? Oh, is it a three-letter word? It's a three-letter word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We won't do that. So we're not going to do that one. That's where I'll put my foot down, Cheryl. Yeah, we can I've talk about you. farts and poop, but we can't talk about that. Okay. Well, then we won't. Uh, see, I still listen to my mom. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs> Have a good day. The caregiven name is a registered trademark of the Veritrust Health Incorporated Company. Epaga is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrust or any of its affiliates. 